Take your Bibles and turn with me this morning to 1 John chapter 3. 1 John chapter 3. Of course, a lot of, about everybody has been kind of watching the news and different things taking place over in the Ukraine. Will was telling me that there's a, a friend of his that uh, is from the Ukraine, and uh, they've got some family here. But they've got family in the Ukraine. They're actually in Kyiv there. And uh, I guess a house down from them, uh, close to them, some friends of theirs was, was hit by one of the missiles and stuff. And they've got friends are in the hospital and different things taking place. And uh, his friend and their family's good Christians, know the Lord. And uh, they request and desire for us to pray for them. And I hope you've been praying for them. Uh, what a lot of people don't realize, there's a lot of things that plays into this. We'll deal with a little bit here maybe this morning. Uh, you, can, you can begin to look at what's taking place on, on the world front. A lot of things that are coming together is, of course, in preparation for the return of the Lord. And uh, we're not going to preach a whole message on that today, but uh, we're going to be looking at something else. But we'll, we'll tie in a couple of things there so have a little understanding. But uh, when, you, the Afga- when Afghanistan fell or we, the Taliban took it back over by the extremists, that was a piece of the puzzle going back into those who were going to come in during the Ezekiel 38 and 39 war uh, where they'll come into the mountains into Israel and God will destroy them there. You've got a, a large players there. One of the greatest players in that is Russia. And uh, they're called Gog or Magog uh, in the Bible. And you've got Tubal, which you go back down Tubal and different ones. That's Turkey. And you've got all these players in this that's, that's stacking up. Things are coming together for that. You say, preacher, when's it going to be? I don't know. But what I can tell you this, it's getting close. Yeah. Getting a lot closer. And, uh, and, and you say, well, what, what's the big deal about Ukraine? Well, Ukraine is somewhat of a player in this, not that they're wanting to come. A lot of people don't realize, but Ukraine has over 200,000 Jews in it. Uh, President Zelensky, I can't even pronounce his name, is a Jew himself. Within the parliament, and um, uh, actually the Ukraine is considered one of the most, and and I'm going to use this word, religious nations in Eastern Europe. Okay? They, there's a lot of the Orthodox, which we would not agree with their doctrine. But there's a, a, a large group of what they call evangelical Christians who believe in the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus Christ for salvation. And many of those are in the parliament or in the government realm and have an influence. Uh, I don't know if you've seen, I've seen several videos of different ones holding prayer meetings, holding at times of singing songs, lifting up the Lord, even in the subways and bunkers and different places like that, calling on the Lord. And so uh, we're living in a day and time. The, uh, of course, the big player, uh, Vladimir Putin, uh, calls them Nazis. He said, you're like the Nazis. Well, he's become like the Nazi Hitler himself in what he's trying to do. And uh, so uh, there's a lot of things pulling together, a lot of things come together now. But I, I encourage you to daily pray for, for the Ukrainians, for the Christians there, the churches there, and ask God just to uh, uh, stop the battle, stop the fighting. Uh, I think that uh, Vladimir Putin didn't realize what he was facing when he began to move in there. He come up against a people who had a little resolve, not a little resolve, a lot of resolve, and to hang on to their nation. So pray for them. 
and, uh, and pray that God just uh, especially would protect the Christians. During this period of time, uh, there was, uh, I seen one video of a, one of the, the military leaders for the Ukraine was holding a, a uh, kind of a, a prayer meeting with uh, some of the, uh, and it looked like there was several that would be like the ages of these young men and young ladies uh, that would be that age too, and, and was giving them the plan of salvation, how they could be saved and know Jesus Christ our Savior. War is not something that is good, but sometimes in war is when people turn to the Lord. And uh, so if, if souls get saved because of it, that is a great thing. And uh, it's not something that we like to see go that direction for sure. But it's sad that it, sometimes that's what it takes. Difficulties and struggles get people to turn unto the Lord. First John chapter 3, if you would please uh, stand for the reading of God's Word if you're able to this morning. First John chapter 3. We'll read the first three verses here and then get into the message. He says, Behold, what manner of love the Father hath bestowed upon us, that we should be called the sons of God. Therefore the world knoweth us not, because it knew him not. Beloved, now are we the sons of God, and doth not yet appear what we shall be, but we know that when he shall appear, we shall be like him. Praise the Lord. Amen. For we shall see him as he is. And every man that hath this hope in him purifieth himself, even as he is pure. There in verse 1, notice it says, Behold, what manner of love the Father hath bestowed upon us, that we should be called the sons of God. Therefore, the world knoweth us not, because it knew him not. That very first word is the basis, really, for the message this morning. Behold. Behold. When you look through the Bible, you'll find many places where the word behold is, is written as the Lord begins to speak and as God's man begins to give the, the word of God. I'd like to preach a message I've titled, Behold, Take a Good Look. Let's pray. Father, we come to you this morning asking that you'd meet with us. Lord, we do seriously pray for those in the Ukraine. We pray for a stop, Lord, of the fighting Lord, we pray that the Ukrainians wouldn't lose their nation. And Lord, I pray that you would drive back those who are trying to take it from them. And Lord, we especially pray for the Christians, Lord, and the churches there that, Lord, are trying to get the gospel out, keep them safe, and help them, Lord, to do that. Be it the people, Lord, may this turn to many salvation. Lord, there's many people who are hurting, many people who have been hurt. Lord, there's many Ukrainians here in the United States, Lord, that they have families such as this one that we'll mention. Lord, that are in hospitals, and some, they don't know where they're at. Some's died. Lord, I pray that you'd be with them, encourage them, and strengthen them. May they turn their hearts to you and find strength in Lord Jesus Christ. Lord, I pray now that you'd be with us here, Lord. We many times take for granted the liberties that we have and the freedoms that we have and, and being able just to come together today, and we're not hearing warning sirens of bombings or air raids. But Lord, we're able to sit under the preaching of the word and sing songs. Now, Lord, I pray that you speak to our hearts and help us to behold, help us to look and to think closely. For this I pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Be seated. That, we, that word behold, as I said, is often used. And many times it's, it's used in, the, in, in a way of to look at something, to gaze upon something, just to look at it. But could I say that uh, if you just look at something you may not really see what you're looking at. 
Uh, aren't you ladies glad this morning that you was able to go in before you got here this morning, go into the mirror and behold and, 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 and fix a few things, you know? Most of us guys, we just get up, we don't behold nothing. We just get up and throw the clothes on and out the door we go, amen? But uh, I'm glad that, uh, you know, hey, listen, uh, praise the Lord for being able to behold yourself and fix yourself a little bit. And uh, so we praise the Lord for that. But uh, many times when we look at that word behold, we, we, we just think about looking at something. But that word behold is used in many different ways throughout the scripture. And if you look at the Greek word, there's about three or four or five different words that are used for the word that we have translated over into the English language of behold. In this particular instance, it does mean to look and to gaze upon, but it means so much more than that. It actually goes deeper into knowing and to understanding what you're looking at. Many times we behold something, but we don't understand it. We don't see it. We're seeing all kinds of things on the news right now about, uh, about the war and stuff, and we're beholding it. We're seeing those videos, but we don't understand. I mean, it's one thing for me to, to stand here and say, pray for, for the folks in, in the Ukraine, and I can look at the videos, and I can look at the pictures, and I can, I can behold them, I can look at them. But it's not like being there and holding the hand of your own child with blood dripping down the side of their face and hearing the, the warnings of the sirens and, and hearing the jets going overhead and hearing the bombing and hearing the, the gun. That is to know what it is. That's with understanding. That's real beholding. And when you look at this verse here, that's what he's talking about. He's not just talking about looking. The very word that was, that was actually translated here is to know, to be aware, to consider, to have knowledge, to look on but yet perceive and to see and be sure and tell with understanding instead of just gazing upon it. What we see here is we see the need of understanding what the Lord's saying here. This morning I want you to consider that behold here in 1 John chapter 3 verse 1 that you might not be without an understanding. I believe that there's a lot of people today that they sit in churches and they behold, they see, but yet they don't understand. They're not going any farther than that. Many people today in churches all across this country don't have, have the clear understanding of the love of God. First of all, those here behold the gift of His love. He says, behold what manner of love the Father hath bestowed upon us. Here the word, He's saying, behold, take a, a good look and consider with understanding the, the love which the Lord has placed upon us and, and, and to us. To behold it, to understand it. To, he, he goes a little bit far. He says, behold what manner of love. What manner of love. We, we, we look at that and, and really when you look at that word, what that word manner means, where it's used, the way it's used there in that verse means that it's something that is foreign. Something that is not of our realm. And what he's saying is he said, behold what manner of love. He said it's a love that we are not, that we don't understand. It's a love that's beyond the type of love that we understand and know. He said it's a greater love than you and I can experience or, or have for one another. He said, behold what manner of love. He said it's a foreign love to us because we just don't understand this type of love. He said, I want you to behold it. He said, I want you to understand it. He said, not just to see it and not just to think about it. But he said, I want you to understand it. Remember 
what the disciples said to Jesus when he calmed the wind and the, and the raging waters uh, when the, they was out in the, in, the, in the raging sea there. In Matthew chapter 8, verse 27, it says, But the men marveled, saying, What manner of man is this? They looked at him and said, He's not like us. He's not the, he, there's something different about him. And this morning as we look, it says, behold, what manner of love. Hey, it's a different love than, than what most people understand. Today you have people, they think that lust is love, and it's not. I'm just going to be honest with you. Most people don't understand real love in our world today. They take it so lightly. They throw it around. They cheapen it. And what we're needing today is we're needing to understand that love that the Lord has for us. Consider this type of love, a love beyond human comprehension, a, a love that reaches beyond our fault and our sins and embraces us. Amen. Just think about that, how that God cares about you more than, than even, even though you, you mess up, side, even though you sin, he, he, he looks beyond that and He cares. He loves you. Doesn't matter. I've had people say, but you don't know what I've done, preacher. I don't have to know what you've done. The fact is that God loves you anyway. A love that is beyond, you know, when somebody does us wrong, it changes our feelings towards them many times. When we fail, when we fail somebody, we expect them not to care for us as much. And sometimes as a situation, but doesn't, I'm going to tell you something, doesn't matter how bad you get, doesn't matter how far away you go, he still loves you just the same. His, his love for you is not, it, it doesn't depend on your action. It doesn't depend on your abilities. It doesn't depend on what you're doing. Hey, listen, His love gives goals beyond our comprehension. It's a love that is far beyond our realm. A love that didn't wait to be loved first. In fact, the scripture says, in 1 John 4, 19, says we love Him because He first loved us. It's like some of you guys when you was in school. And I, I think I used this maybe last week. You got your little note out. You looked down at that little red-headed girl down at the end of the thing. And you wrote, do you like me? Yes or no? Check one. You pass it down. And she checks back. She looks down there like that and goes, checks no. <laughs> Sends it back down to you. You look at it, you're heartbroken for about 30 seconds. You write another one. Do you like me? Yes or no? You send it down to the little blonde head girl on the other end. <laughs> I mean, you was wasted for 30 seconds, buddy. Your love's kind of changed there in a, in a roundabout way. You was looking for somebody that loved you first. Before you love them. Can I tell you something? There's one that loved you first before you ever loved them. That was Jesus Christ. You didn't have to send him a note to Daniel and say, Hey, Lord, do you love me? He said, I went to the cross for you. He said, there's three nail prints that show that I checked the box. Yes. He first loved us. Many times we got to feel the waters out, don't we? i find out, well, I, got, boy, I don't want to get out there too far until I find out. Jesus Christ wasn't that way. Man, he loved us before we ever loved Him. as a love that was for us when we were unlovable. I hate to tell you guys, but 
I'm not going to tell you that you're unlovable. <laughs> but you could use a little work. <clears throat> <laughs> nah. You know, every one of us was unlovable. Sinners. Wicked. Vile. But God commenced his love toward us in that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. Romans 5.8. While we were still yet in sin, how many times over the year I sit down with somebody and say, talk to them about the Lord and want them to receive Christ as their Savior. And I say, well, I will one of these days when I get this taken care of my life, when I give up this habit or when I change this in my life, thinking that they've got to do that before the Lord will ever say, my friend, God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever, doesn't matter who you are. And while you was yet a sinner, he commendeth his love towards you that you might be saved. Not only a love, but he died in your place that you could have eternal life. Love that could not be repaid by the ones that was bestowed upon. I don't know about you, but boy, I'll tell you what, I don't know what it would cost to try to pay back the Lord for what He done and saving my soul and, and loving me that way. I don't know how, how I could ever come up with enough money. There's no way. I don't know how I could ever come up with enough good deeds. There's no way. I don't know how I could ever come up with anything to repay the Lord. We can't repay it. Why, preacher? Because what manner of love? Behold what manner of love that He's bestowed upon us. That He loved us beyond our comprehension. We have nothing to give in exchange for this great love. We have nothing that is worthy of this manner of great love. All of us are sinners, outcast, beggars, wicked, vile, if the God of heaven looked down in His infinite love and loved us and gave His Son for us that He might redeem us back to Himself. On this morning, hey listen, behold. As we read that scripture, He said, behold. Don't just look at it. He said, I want you to think on it. We've got in this day and time, we've got in it where we want to be entertained. And you know why entertainment means? It means it comes from the word amusement, which comes from the word muse. Just a little etymology for you. And that word muse means to stare. In fact, the, the psalmist talked about how he, he mused upon the fire. Have you ever sit out and maybe outside, of, maybe over the river or maybe out on the farm somewhere and you, you build you a fire there and boy, it's just nice and you just sit back and boy, you just look at it. That's musing. It's kicking things out of gear. And just floating, you might say. My wife says I do that all the time. <laughs> we'll be driving down the highway. She'll say, what are you thinking about? Nothing. <laughs> For a woman, that's an impossibility. You say, oh, preacher, you're kidding. No, no, I, I've counseled women for, and, and men for years. It's an impossibility for a woman not to be thinking about something. I mean, it's like this. It's, and it, it, women think they're like spaghetti. 
They got this thought, and all next thing they they say, uh, "Are you going to do this?" Hey, by the way, we're going to do, and tomorrow, then, and and next week, and and next month, and did you, and and, and you haven't even answered the first one yet. <laughs> I'll be laying there in the middle, middle of the night, and I'll be oh, just just about to fade out. And it starts. <laughs> she said, preacher. Or she didn't call me preacher. She called me other things. <laughs> I'm not going to say what she calls me. Keep digging this hole deeper, Dustin. I'm going to be in trouble. <laughs> and just to muse. The Lord doesn't want us to be hold and just muse, to stare at. He says, I want you to understand my love for you. He said, I want you to look it over. Like you would take maybe a diamond and you would give it to a jeweler that takes that, that lens and he takes it and you see him rolling it back and forth and over, back and forth and over and back and forth and looking at every facet of it. The Lord says, I want you to look at, at my love that way. I want you to look at every facet of it. I want you to, to know it inside and out. I want you to understand how much I love you and what I did in showing that love unto you. He says, Behold, what manner of love the Father has bestowed upon us. The songwriter wrote well when he beheld the love, when he, he wrote, I was sinking deep in sin, far from the peaceful shore, very deeply stained within, sinking to rise no more. But the master of the sea Heard my despairing cry. From the waters lifted me. Now safe am I. Love lifted me. Love lifted me. When nothing else could help, love lifted me. Souls in danger, look above. Jesus completely saves. He will lift you by His love out of His angry ways. He's the master of the sea. Billows His will obey. He, your Savior, wants to be. Be saved, want you to be saved today. Love lifted me. Love lifted me. When nothing else could help, love lifted me. Can I tell you this morning, it's not church membership that lifts you out of sin. It wasn't, it wasn't water baptism that lifted us up. It wasn't the sacraments of the Lord's Supper that lifted you up. It's not the doing of good deeds that lifted you up. It was the love of God that lifted us up out of the miry clay and plucked us up from the burning and gave us a redeemed soul and set our feet on a solid rock and gave us eternal life. Amen. It was love that lifted me. Amen. That love that went to Calvary and died in my place that I could have eternal life. It's a love of God that lifted us up from all of that. Oh, what a boundless love that reaches beyond our faults and met our needs. There's never been a love like God's love for you and me. Behold what manner of love. A love beyond comprehension. He said, behold this manner of love. He said, don't just look at it. He said, boy, understand it. Get a hold of it. Know it. Realize what it's in it. 
that love brought us out of our sins into His salvation. It brought us out of our darkness into His light. And then He wanted us to behold something else here. Look here again, verse 1. It says, Behold what manner of love the Father hath bestowed upon us, comma. So we could go back again and say, Behold, that we should be called the sons of God. It's more than a name. It's more than a title. We become that person, literally, the child of God, the son of God. So wait a minute, preacher. Everybody's the child of God. Chapter and verse. Not everybody's a child of God. In fact, the Lord calls some of them the, the devil's children. Well, what do you mean? Only when you've been bought by the blood of Jesus Christ. Only when you've come to the end of yourself and realize, I can't save myself. I can't get to heaven out of my own merits. And you repent of your sin and ask Jesus Christ to come in your heart and life and save you, be your Savior and your Lord. Then you become a child of God. Then you have eternal life. Then you, you are an heir to the kingdom of God. Then you can be called that, that child of God as, as, uh, as others would like to say that they are. And we become that sons of God. It's more than a title. It's a, literally a child of God. John chapter 3 and, and verse 3, Jesus answered and said unto him, Verily, verily, I say unto you, except a, a man be born again, he cannot, enter, or he cannot see the kingdom of God. Behold this morning who you are in Jesus Christ. Behold, understand, look upon who you are as a child of God. It's more than just a, a name. It's, it's more than just a title. It's more than just being say, oh yeah, I'm a Christian. It's more than just being able to say, I go to church. It's a, you are a child of God. You're in the family of God. You have all that God has to offer you. You have eternal life and you have all the, that He has prepared for you in heaven one day. You may have a, a large inheritance. You may own a home. You may own lands. And your heirs is the one that basically you've signed, put down on the papers. You're going to get your son, your daughters, all that, that you may put down. They already have that title. They're the son. They're the daughter. Behold this morning. If you're in Jesus Christ, you're a child of God, no longer lost in your sins on your way to the devil's hell. Your name's written down. You have a new home in glory. Boy, I tell you what. We fix these houses up around here in this life. The wind comes through and it begins to tear off shingles. The cracks begin to expand. The caulking needs to be replaced. The boards need to be painted. The, the concrete cracks needs to be replaced. The foundation begins to sink. The, the windows begin to rattle. The air begins to come in around where the insulation has settled. Buddy, I tell you what, I got a good one in heaven though.
a home beyond compare. Up there, we won't have to fix it. Up there, we won't have to paint it. And walk those streets of gold. Enjoy the things of God. First Peter 1, again in verse 3, he said, Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, according to His abundant mercy, hath begotten us again unto a lively hope by the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead, to an inheritance incorruptible and undefiled and fadeth not away, reserved in heaven for you, who are kept by the power of God through faith unto salvation, ready to be revealed in the last time. Boy, I tell you what, He's got a place for us. Why has He got a place for us? Because we've been called by the name of God. I look at that, behold, He said, He, he, he tells us that our name is written down. Look there back in, with me in verse uh, 2 of chapter 3 of 1 John. It says, Beloved, now are we the sons of God. Now. He didn't say, not one of these days. Not when you get to be good enough. Not when you've put enough money in an offering plate. Not when you've been to church so many times in your life. Not when, when you've done this and when you've done that. And, 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 and not when you get to heaven. He says, now we, shall become the, we are the sons of God. Now we're the sons of God. It's enjoying. When Hunter was born... They put his name on that birth certificate, Hunter Dayton, and they didn't leave the last name blank. I could have said, don't, don't put anything in the last part. <laughs> Why? Oh, I, I got to wait and see how it's going to turn out. <laughs> I got to find out if he looks like me, he looks like his mom. Uh, I, I, I got I to find out how, how, how smart he is. I got to find out how much money he's going to have in the bank one of these days. I, I, I got to find out if he's going to give me any problems like his sisters did. <laughs> She's not in here, I can say that. <laughs> no, gladly. His name went on that birth certificate. Gladly. He has my name. If he don't straighten up, I'm going to take it from him. <laughs> Gladly God has your name written down in heaven. If you're a child of king. Now. Not one of these days. Not one of these days. Not after you do so much of this and so much of that. But now, if you've received Jesus Christ as your Savior, now is your name written down in heaven. You are, a, you are the sons of God. We may behold it, yet we may not understand it all. But I want you to know that, that right now, those who have Jesus as their Savior, you're a child of God. You're a son of God. Behold, sons of God. Child of, of God, understand, look, look upon it, think about it for a minute. Take a hold of the fact that you're a child of God if you're saved this morning. So I want you to stop and realize, hey, I am a child of God if you're saved. Amen. The fullness of all that comes with it of being a child of God. And lastly, I, on that part, I might say, start living like it. Start living like it. Start living like it. 
If you're a child of God, start living like it. Start acting like it. Start talking like it. If Hunter was to give me a bunch of trouble, you know what I'd say? Hey, straighten up. You say, but he, he's, he's a man now. I'd still tell him, hey, straighten up. <laughs> he might not do it, but I'd still tell him. The fact is, is that the Lord wants us to straighten up sometimes. And he tells us. Can I tell you this morning, it's only going to get better for you if you're born again Christian. You know God is your Savior. Listen, some may be here this morning. If you're not saved this morning, you know Jesus Christ your Savior. If you're just in religion, maybe. If you're just looking in from the outside trying to decide. Without Jesus Christ as your Savior, this is the best world you'll ever have. Think about the Ukraine. Think about all the wickedness. Think about all the heartache. For you, if you don't know Christ as your Savior, this is as good as it will ever be for you. Because when you die, it will only get worse in a place called hell. Christian, this is the worst it will ever be for me. It only gets better when I step across to the other side. Walk those streets of gold. Down here, people worship gold up the, and walk on God. Up there, we'll walk on gold and worship God. Amen. Boy, it only gets better when we begin to think what God has prepared for us. No more sin. No, no, no more death. No more disease. No more mandates. No more IRS. None of that stuff. It just gets better. Oh, how we need to thank the Lord for that. But as is written, I have not seen nor ear heard, neither had it entered into the heart of man what God hath prepared for them that love him. We can't even imagine it. It's not much. Hey, I'm not much uh, down here, but uh, uh, one of these days uh, it's coming when I shall be like him. Look in verse uh, 2 there. It says, uh, Beloved, now we are the sons of God, and doth not appear what we shall be, but we know that when he, appear, when he shall appear, we shall be like him. Preacher, what's Jesus going to be? What are we going to be like? I don't know, but when we see Jesus, we'll be like him. Amen. The Son of God. I don't know. You say, Preacher, what kind of body are you going to have? I don't know. But I'm going to be like Jesus. I told, I think, Janice Hackett yesterday, I said, when I die, get a new body. I'm getting one with hair on it. <laughs> Actually, that's not true. Because I think everybody else is going to be bald when we get to heaven. You say, why? Well, there's no, not going to be any more death there. What is hair? It's dead cells. No more death. No more hair. We'll be forever shining. No more parting over there. Amen? <laughs> Believe me, I've heard them all. <laughs> I've had... Brushes sent to me without any bristles in them and everything else. 
will be like him. He says, behold, understand, think upon it, consider it. What you have as a child of God. Amen. Songwriter wrote, this world's not my home. I'm just a passing through. My treasures are laid up somewhere beyond the blue. The angels beckon me from heaven's open door. And I can't feel at home in this world anymore. Oh Lord, you know I have no friend like you. If heaven ain't my home, then Lord, what will I do? The angels beckon me from heaven's open door. And I can't feel at home in this world anymore. And lastly, in closing, behold the glory of His coming. In verse 2 again there, He says, Beloved, now we are the sons of God, and does not yet appear what we shall be. But we know that, and notice what it says, when He shall appear, when He shall appear, behold His coming. Gaze upon the Scripture. Understand His warning and think upon the day in which we're living and have understanding. Could I say it's no mistake what took place in Afghanistan? As I mentioned before, reuniting them with the Islamic extremists that hate Israel. Because if you begin to look at the, the layout in Ezekiel 38 and 39, it talks about these countries and they're going by the old names of them. And Afghanistan is amongst the others that will come into Israel under Gog and Magog. They will approach from the north. They will be destroyed upon the mountains. Behold, it's no mistake that we see what we see happening in the Ukraine. Behold, it's no mistake the COVID-19 and the response of the nations to it and the taking away of freedoms and all that's taken place. Behold, it's no mistake because we're living in the last days. In Matthew 24, verse 6 through 8, it says, And ye shall hear of wars and rumors of wars. See that you be not troubled, for all these things must come to pass, but the end is not yet. For nation shall rise against nation, and kingdom against kingdom. And there shall be famines and pestilence, which is diseases, and earthquakes in diverse places, which means many places. He said, all these are the beginning of sorrows. He said, behold, I'm coming back. He said, all these things will take place. Behold, Russia is aligning itself to be the great leader that will come down against Israel with other nations. You get over in Ezekiel 38 and 39. And here's the amazing thing. As they're strutting their stuff now. And they're becoming. Trying to be these world powers. I love the language. The Lord said I'll put my hooks. In their mouths. He said I'll draw them. Down against Israel. Say so why would God do that to his people? Read the rest of it. Because on the mountains, he destroys practically all of them that come out against Israel. Why, preacher? To show he's God. 
Again, speaking to the children of Israel to turn to him and to seek him. I don't know what's going to come out of all this. They're talking about peace talks right now and meeting up close to the Belarus border and stuff. They want to go into Belarus and have it there. And, and Ukrainian president said, no, we're not going up there. So he sends a delegation. I don't know what's going to happen. I don't know if they'll split the country. I don't know if it'll continue. But I got a feeling that two, over 200,000 Jews, many that may be displaced from the Ukraine, they might just go home to Israel. Say, well, so. Lord said he'd bring them home. I don't know. There's a lot of things that we don't know. But he says, behold. He said, I want you to think about this. I want you to look at it close. He said, I want you to look in the scripture. He said, I want you to look at what's going on in the world right now. I've seen all these things. Oh, every time a Baptist sees a war, they say the Lord's coming back. I can give you some scripture for that. If you want to believe the Bible. But there's a lot of other things going into it besides a war. Earthquakes, diverse places, pestilence. This world has been scared to death of a virus. And there's been a lot of people dying. I'm not making light of it. Pestilence. Different things taking place. The Lord says, behold, I'm coming again. Then there will be a great need for peace. The Antichrist will step on the scene. Second Timothy chapter 3 verse 1 says this, Know also in the last days that perilous times shall come. But behold, His coming. Understand that he is coming again for his bride, the church. Those who put their faith and trust in Jesus Christ. Matthew 25 and verse 5 and 6 says, While the bridegroom tarried, they all slumbered and slept. And at midnight there was a cry. Listen to the cry. Behold, the bridegroom cometh. Go ye out to meet him. There's that word again. Behold. Behold. In many instances when that word beholds, it is used as a surprise. As a surprise. When John the Baptist was, was, was uh, uh, baptizing him and Jesus come walking down, uh, Jesus, uh, John the Baptist says, Behold, the Lamb of God. If you look at the word that's used there, it was like surprise. It's, hey, it's, it's the Lamb of God. And when we look at this, Behold, the bridegroom cometh. It's that call of surprise. Are you ready? Behold, he's coming. Understand. Realize. It could be today. To the lost here this morning, he says, Behold, consider, understand, pay attention. Revelations chapter 3 and verse 20 says, Behold, 
I stand at the door and knock. If any man will open unto me, I will come in unto him and will sup with him and he with me. Jesus has never forced himself into anybody's life. He knocks at the door, but you have to open the door. To all of us who are saved and even lost alike, he says, behold, understand, take a close look at the times, consider it, study it out, pay attention. Because he says in Revelations chapter 12, and behold, I come quickly. I come quickly. Behold, what manner of love the Father hath bestowed upon us. Behold. This morning, I hope in your heart's mind that you've beheld with an understanding and a thinking upon the love of God, upon who you are as a child of God, if you know Jesus Christ as your Savior, and really even upon the fact that you need to be saved, that you can be saved, and that He's coming back. And He's coming quickly. Let's pray. Father, I thank You for loving us. Help us to behold Your glory. Help us to behold Your presence. Help us to behold the hand of God. Give us understanding from the scripture. Give us understanding from the times. Lead us, guide us. Lord, help us to live for you. Lord, if there be someone here today that doesn't know if they died today that they'd go to heaven, Lord, I pray that they'd come during the invitation. Let me take a Bible and show them how to be saved before it's eternally too late. Have your will and way, I pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Would you stand with me this morning with your heads bowed?